Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Share the Podcast on Fatherhood in 20 Today. I am your host, Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today we have a special guest with a title that I absolutely love. We have Miss Nushia Conway. She is a mother, but also in addition to that, she's an attorney. And the title that I absolutely love is she's a life coach with the emphasis in co-parenting. Hi, hey, Nushia. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. So uh, let's see. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a 30-year-old uh, single mom. I am originally from the DMV, born and raised. Um, for work, I am a family law attorney. I also work as a life coach. Um to help parents navigate um, the obstacles and issues that often comes with co-parenting. When I'm not working, I like to be outdoors, so I love nature. Um, I just started taking tennis lessons, actually yesterday, to try to get more active. And yeah, I'm pretty just, you know, consider myself to be a simple person, you know, just like to, you know, have a good time, relax, chill, Positive vibes, good people, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good Absolutely. Oh, cool. Well, welcome to the show. And uh, yeah, get started. Vaughn. Ma'am, the life coach with the emphasis in co-parenting, how did that happen? <laughs> so um, that's a good question. So I've always been told for a long time that, you know, uh, I have a gift of helping people, you know, like I noticed that like when people would have certain issues, they would call, call me or come to me for advice, or help. And I started just watching, you know, people become life coaches. And I was like, wow, this is like a thing. Like people actually like are like life coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started reading more about it. So I said, OK, um, this is something that I could do as well. But I said, for me, like, it has to be organic. It has to be real. So, like, I don't want to just say I'm a life coach and just, like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, give people advice. Like, I want it to be something that I I have a lot of knowledge about and that I genuinely care about and I'm very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And for me, I noticed that a lot of people, especially, like, you know, people that look like me and people that are from where I'm from, often have issues when it comes to co-parenting. So... Mm -hmm. I said, okay, well, this could, this could be a space where I really can help people because I have the knowledge, I have the passion, I have the patience um, and the skills to really like help people in this area. And it's very fulfilling for me. So that's what made me want to really, you know, pursue it. What is the common issues that you were seeing that you were just like, okay, this is, this is where I can develop my niche at? Um, You mean as far as like in an area of co-parenting? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Like, um, I would say some of like the key things that I see a lot um, are like issues with communication, um, expectations when it comes to co-parenting, 
you know, in a relationship and having like realistic expectations as far as like what co-parenting looks like and how it should look like and how it should be. Um, and then also another big, another big, I guess, ticket item would be like um, dealing with forgiveness and like hurt mm-hmm. and, you know, bitterness and all of those other feelings that often comes when a relationship comes to an end, but y- you still have to figure out, okay, well, how do I navigate co-parenting with this person that I, you know, used to have these feelings for, but now I feel this way about that person, but I still got to deal with this person. So mm-hmm. how do we do this in a way that is still healthy, not toxic and effective? So those are some of the issues that I was seeing. Um, and I just wanted to be a voice. Like I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people that, you know, bashed, you know, one party or the other, but instead was able to, you know, give hope even from my story, sharing my personal story, and also just, you know, giving people the skill, like giving people the skill to be able to do those things, even if they are experiencing some of those feelings. Good stuff. Amen. Right, right. So that that's the, you know, a lot of times we, those have been some of the common things that we have made it a point to talk about here on Father Shit is definitely primarily, number one, the communication piece, right? Because that is, that is vastly important because obviously there is, though there are those communication um, barriers, you know, between people and especially when you apply the factor of, you know, aggravation or hurt, as you said, you know, and it just, that kind of, and kind of not necessarily magnifies it, but I think it, it makes the wall bigger, you know, and it, it like, you know, really makes it harder to to kind of, kind of scale that. And of course, also knowing how to communicate as well. Right. So we talk about communication, but we also talk about effective communication and the importance of how it is that like if I if I'm approaching you in a very aggressive manner, I'm not really communicating. And then I and, and I could very well have an issue in how it is that you're communicating back to me and not realize it well the way that I approached you is how wide it is and I'm getting from you what it is and I'm getting from you you know and it's not really benefiting either of us and more importantly it's not benefiting the child or children that we are parents over you know at, at this particular point so again I salute you on that and um, thank you for for doing that um, so now how many years have you been co-parenting go on me ask um, eight. eight okay mm-hmm. okay how's it been <laughs> a lot better you know like when I talk to people like my clients call and you know they tell me their stories and they tell me what they're going through I think it's helpful for them to hear my story Mm -hmm. give them some sense of hope like you know in the beginning it wasn't the best it wasn't pretty it was you know kind of ugly because it was you know the end of a relationship you know and my daughter's father we actually were engaged at the time and then we broke up and then you know we had to co-parent so there was a lot of, you know, feelings of like hurt, you know, things that happen, you know, that you often feel when you, you know, in the relationship. And but now, you know, it's a lot it's a lot better now, I would say. And I think the reason why that it is better is because uh, we both have matured. We both have learned. We both, you know, just kind of kept our eyes focused on the big picture, which is like doing what's best for our daughter. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, and I feel like that's a cliche term that's used in court. You know, you have to do what's in the best interest of the children, but that's what, what it's really about, you know, doing what's best for the children. So putting away pride, you know, learning how to forgive. Um, also, I think this is another big piece, conflict resolution. 
like learning how to engage in conflict, conflict resolution healthy, you know, because conflict mm-hmm. is inevitable. Like you're going right. to have conflict with any relationship. You can't avoid it. It's just a part of life. But learning how to do it in a way that it does not stain that relationship and uh, enables that both people to feel heard and safe and, you know, uh, like they're like they feel like they can communicate. But I feel like I kind of got uh, off course a little bit. Um, no, 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 you did. No, you did not. No, you did not. Not at all. No, ma'am. I'm like, oh, wait, let me get back to the main point. No, ma'am. No, you, no, not at all. <laughs> so the, um, so now how has, of course, you know, being a, being a, a lawyer now, how has that helped with being a life coach with a focus? I mean, coming from family law and then, of course, focusing on co-parenting, which obviously takes place in family court. You know, if you're dealing with with certain aspects, custody cases, so forth and so on at, at times, um, how has that helped you as far as being in, in, in this space? of co-parenting as, as a life coach? Um, it has helped me a lot. And I think that's one of the, um, I don't want to say advantages, but the, what's making me a little different from maybe some of the other co-parenting coaches is because I actually, I see it every day. Like I see it every day. I know what happens in the courts. I know what pitfalls to like watch out for. I know the advantages of going to court. I know the disadvantages of going to court. And I, and I think that helps me to uh, communicate to the clients in my coaching to say, hey, listen, I'm telling you, based on what you told me, let me tell you, this may be something that you really want to try to work out with, you know, the other person, because if you take it to court, you know, this is what could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. So I think it, it's also helpful for them, meaning the clients to also hear, uh, you know, stories that I tell about, you know, other similar situations that I've seen in court and how I've seen those cases play out in court. So it kind of like gives them like a behind the scenes look of like, okay, listen, this is what could happen. This is what you could expect. Right. And right. Just, you know, give them that, I guess, insider knowledge, inside information. So to kind of extend that part, what we talk about a lot of trying to stay out of court. When you make that a general kind of area um, or your advice of your suggestion of couples who should not do court. How do you, as a life coach, get your clients to kind of see that? You can clearly see that it's just, it's some hurt there, but you know, you guys really have what it takes not to have somebody else, not to have a third party in this. Mm -hmm. And other times it is just like, you all ain't even in the same library, let Mm -hmm. alone the same book. Mm -hmm. you need this. That's a great question. So, you know, each situation is different. Mm-hmm. So it depends on a situation. Like, I'll give you a good example. Like, the lady I talked to earlier today, uh, she had a situation where um, the father of her two children, he was kind of in and out of their lives. They were in a relationship until, I think she said, November of last year. He was in and out of their lives. He was a little abusive. He was on drugs. And I'm like, yeah, this is not in my mind, like, this is not a situation where you can even have a conversation to try to work things out cordially because this person is literally, like, he's just not in his right mind right now. So that's a situation where I actually recommended her to reach out to legal services in her state. So she's in California. I said, listen, you want to contact, you know, legal aid, you know, each state should have a nonprofit legal organization. Call them first to see if you qualify before you go out spending money on attorneys. So I gave her the information. 
Um, and hopefully she does what, you know, what I advise her to do, because in mm-hmm. that situation, you know, co-parenting is not going to be realistic. And I think that's right. something that some people, I try to, you know, tell people also, like, you can't co-parent with someone who doesn't want to co-parent with you. Like, it takes two people to co-parent. Um, so <laughs> Stay that part again. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes two people to co-parent. You can't co-parent if the other person is not willing to co-parent. So there are situations in where it is maybe better to go to court. Like, if there's a situation, like, like for her situation, the person's on drugs. I mean, it's not really you know, much you can kind of really do about that. Or if the person is abusive to you, there's been history Mm -hmm. of domestic violence. Clearly that's not, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're going to put yourself or your children in danger or anything like that. So that's a situation in which you may want to, you know, get legal advice in your state to find out if you should, you know, go to court and how to go about doing that. But if I'm talking to the client and it just sounds like, you know, well, I don't want my child to go over there because he got a new girlfriend. It's like, (laughs) ma'am. Like, you're not together. I mean, you can't control. I'm like, is the new girlfriend hitting on your kid? Is the right. new girlfriend cussing your kid out? Well, I don't want her in the car when he come pick up the kids. Ma'am. <laughs> I mean, come on out. Like, do you really think the judge is going to say, tell him that he can't have the girlfriend in the car? I, I just try to bring reality to them and say, yeah, you know, there's a difference between your feelings being hurt and somebody doing something to put your child or your children in danger. So I think when I explain it to them like that and, and just tell them the raw truth, like if you can do this one or two ways, the two of you can try to figure this out either through mediation or the two of you working it out or basically take it to a judge who don't know you, who don't know him, who don't know your children and roll the dice and find out and see what happens. Like, I don't know about y'all, but to me, that's scary. Like, that's real scary. You putting your whole life in somebody else's hand who don't know you from a hill of beans. Exactly. And then they're going to tell you when you can have your child, when can you see your mm. child. I'm like, to me personally, I feel like if you can avoid that and you can kind of, you know, figure it out on your own or through mediation, I personally think that is the way to go. But of course, there are situations in which that's not appropriate. But I guess the answer to the question, it just kind of depends. Each situation is different. So I really have to talk to that client to find out what's going on with their situation first before I can kind of tell them whether or not it's wise or not to proceed, like, you know, the legal action and get legal advice if they're in a different state. If they're in Maryland, I just give them advice and help them out and mm-hmm. put them in the right spot. But if they're in a different state, I'll, you know, try to give them another uh, phone number, some phone numbers or some referrals in which they can follow up and pursue that if it makes sense to do that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Right. So my whole thing is like the hurt feeling part. How do you get your clients to understand that whole taking your emotions out of it? You see, like you okay, you keep focusing on you. Because I know when by the time they come to you, they're just like, I won't pay, I won't pay back. It's more so them than the child. I haven't had too many clients like who are like blatantly like, I just want to get back at him or her. Like I don't that much. I mean, I haven't had it to that extent. What I often see is they'll try to say, oh, I don't want, they'll try to use the child. Like, I don't feel comfortable with my child going over to his house because whatever reason. And then I'll listen to the reason and, I, and I'm asking myself, okay, well, is this like, a, you know, like a legitimate reason or is this something something underlying that's like really another issue, like maybe unforgiveness or hurt and you're just kind of using this as an excuse so that's kind of like what I see often. And honestly, what I tell them, 
I say, listen, I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't push my religion off for anybody, but I'm telling you what I had to do. I had to learn about forgiveness. Like I had to pray. I had to like ask God to help me to forgive because it was forgiveness that allowed me to, to get over those feelings and still do what was right. You know, and I tell them like, hey, if you're not going to be forgive, if you can't forgive this person, it's going to be hard. Like it's going to be hard to push those feelings aside because you're holding on to that. And that's not doing anything but hurting you, hurting your child or your children and hurting the other person. Um, And sometimes it just takes time. You know, it just depends on how fresh that, I guess, incident was like, are we talking about something that happened one time? Are we talking about a situation in which maybe they were together for years and then, you know, this person stepped out and now it's like, now you want me to co-parent with this person and I just, I'm going through a divorce at the same time. Like, this is just a lot to process. So it really kind of just depends on, you know, I feel like that's what, you know, a lot of people say, I mean, especially attorneys, you know, each case is different, but it, it really is. It, <laughs> it is because, you know, there's so many different variables. Right. Um, but I think that it just takes time. But until they until they are able to forgive, it's going to be hard for them to kind of separate those feelings from being able to co-parent. Okay. Outside of learning that or taking learning that avenue of, of forgiveness and going down there, what else is the biggest thing that you learned about yourself in the process of not only becoming a life coach, but just being in the atmosphere of co-parenting? Um, so the biggest thing that I learned about myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good question. Okay. So a lot of people <laughs> probably don't want to admit this, but I'm going to admit it because I like to be real. Okay. Right. So what I realized was that I was a control freak. Like, I wanted to control everything. I'm like... You know what? That is the first part of him is yeah. being able to admit what the flaw is. Kudos to you, girl. I'm like, I was looking at some of my old text messages because, of that. okay, that's another story. But in the beginning, I was like, nope, I got to save all my receipts because if I ever have to go to court, I have to have my law, my text messages ready to go. Yeah. So I'm looking at my messages from like years ago between me and my daughter's dad and I'm like... This year, like you was really trying to control everything. And if it didn't go my way, I would just feel attacked and get upset and be like, well, I'm her mom. And, you know, like, why, you know, I know it's bad. Like, I don't, I was, I don't know. I don't you were know. gone. You were gone. Know. You know, <laughs> I I appreciate your honesty on that. Like, like seriously, you know, because it's a, you know, we we do, you know, we do our room on Clubhouse, you know, and uh, definitely by all means, when you get a chance, you know, pop in. It's on Wednesdays at seven thirty. But famous um, club. I, hey, it is what it is. You know, it's my podcast. So, uh, but, you know, at the same, like, we've had so many conversations where you hear people as they talk. And in, in, and in my mind, I'm like, I think that I'm like, okay, you're con- being a control freak and you just haven't taken ownership of it yet. It's, it becomes a, it becomes a, a, a power struggle, right? Mm-hmm. 
um, when when it is. And, and, for, and I, I, I went through a custody case my, myself. So like in here in, in Maryland, Montgomery County. So, you know, learning that, uh, you know, just going and going through that and really wanting to, you know, have it to where it was like, you know, like like an equal situation, you know, and at the same time, it's like every bit of advice that I'm being given from a lawyer's standpoint is like, you know, it's it's very much I'm, I'm playing chess over here, you know, and and simply because it was like, OK, we're dealing with a situation where it was like, you know, somebody had to have like the control. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I applaud you on being honest with, with with yourself on on that so then what is the biggest thing that you learned about your daughter's father in the process of this oh that's a good question the biggest thing that i learned about him um hmm. um i guess would be that he's willing to work with me but he doesn't want to be like dictated to you know like nobody wants to feel like i guess it like for him to feel like equal because I mean he's he is her dad you know it's like oh don't look at me as like this is your child and like I just do whatever you don't want to do you know um so I think that was the biggest thing that I learned about him and that he has also grown a lot like he he really wants us to like all be like working together like Mm -hmm. I mean it would take me hours to tell the story from how it was when it first started to now like now I tell people all the time even no could you like could you give us like a quick synopsis because I think because you're still in a co-parenting situation Mm -hmm. and again you were with you were with this man you were engaged to him so when people hear that you know of course now they're hearing where you guys are at now and you're in a happy place but sometimes people are in that yo I'm about two seconds from going to jail because I'm a you know chop somebody head off so if they can hear like how does that go or what does that look like? No, if you could give a brief synopsis of that, like absolutely, the flow is yours. <laughs> okay. Um. So I guess when we first split up, my daughter. So I was in school at the time. I was in law school. Um, my daughter was a few months old, and that's when I was the most angry. I was very, very angry because I just felt betrayed. I felt um. I just felt like, you know, I'm in school trying to make a good life, like, you know, us and my daughter. And it's like, I find myself in this situation and I just, I was just very angry. I was just very angry. So it was very, it was hard to co-parent because of those feelings of like anger, hurt and unforgiveness. And um, it was like that for about maybe honestly, like two years or so, like two years or so. And um. I'm trying to, okay, so by then my daughter was about, okay, when she was three, that was about 2015, 16 or so. And honestly, I'm not even lying to y'all. I feel like when I started to really take my relationship with God seriously, that's when it started to change. Because I started to see him as like, I mean, he's not a perfect person. You know, I just started Mm -hmm. seeing, like, I just started to have more like, just like love for him, like, just like, dang, man, like everybody has a story. Everybody has like a childhood. Like I can't expect for him to just see things my way. You know, we're different and, you know, we all have different experiences and different things we go through that make us the way that we are. And I just thought I had compassion for him. I don't know. And some people thought I was crazy. That was like, girl, I can't believe you doing this. You doing that. You doing that. I thought, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I 
practice. Honestly, I just want what's best for my daughter. I just really started focusing on that. Like, I don't want her to see her parents fight, argue. Like, she's never seen us fight, argue, yell, none of that. Like, in eight years? Eight years. She's never, never, never. And, I, like, kudos. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that is huge. Never. Yeah, she's never had. And that was like the main thing for me. I just didn't want her, want her to have to, like, like she had to choose or like any of that you know Ooh. so even though like days where I was like I'm telling you I was like this angry when it was time for him to come pick her up I'm like hello how you doing you know okay here she go y'all have a great time and then when he would leave I'll be fussing cussing crying all of that but I just try to keep I try to keep I tried to keep it away from her as much as possible but I would say you know so it went from that to um then wanted to take it to court so be okay so when we first broke up we didn't have any custody in place none of that um just we had child support in place but that was it and then I said you know what no I'm gonna take him back to court I'm gonna be honest with y'all I said, I'm taking him back to court because I need more child support I'm like I need more money so I'm taking him back to court so I took him back to court backfired <laughs> on me we laugh about this now because it's like whatever he hired one of the best attorneys in PG County I'm like really I said, but you know what? You know, you had to do that because you know, you know, I was coming in. So he was like, man, I got to get the best attorney for her. So he, he hired the best attorney in PG, one of the best attorneys in PG County on me. And I lost. And I was a little mad. I ain't going to lie. I was like, hey, man, I was just trying to get more money for the summer camp. Like, it, it didn't even have to come down to this. So from then, I said, you know what? I got filed for custody because I'm like, I just got filed for custody because this ain't right. And I was angry at that situation. I was like, so you got angrier then. Angrier. Because I'm like, oh I'm like, listen, if you want to just pay for the summer camp, this would, we wouldn't even be here today. But, you know, everything happens for a reason, whatever. So we, I ended up filing for custody and um, I just started to, you know, because at this point, I wasn't practicing family law. I was doing criminal law. I was doing criminal law and I started hearing stories and they was like, girl, family law different. Like, I don't know if you want to go through that. And I'm like, well, no, nah, I got to get this custody in place and I got to do this. I got to do that. So me being, you know, person I am, I started watching, sitting in on cases, just watching, observing. I'm seeing like, you know, judges making decisions. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like it, to the natural person, it doesn't seem like, oh, this makes sense. This person will get custody or that person will get custody. It's just common sense. But no, it was some decisions coming out. I was like, oh no, I can't roll the dice with my case. I'm sorry, we can't do that. So I went to my daughter's dad. I said, listen, we got to put our differences aside. We got to come together and we got to make an agreement that's going to help us all out because I'm pretty sure you don't want to go hire another attorney. You just paid such and such all this money. And I know you ain't got no more money to hire him again. <laughs> um, so just keep your money for that and we're going to figure this out. I said, listen, I'm about to start doing family law. I'll, I'll go to the law library. I'm gonna find some parents and plans. I'm gonna act it up, and we you gonna read out, you gonna you know review it, see what you like, what you don't like, you know, make revisions, and that's what we did, and that's what we did. Um, and yeah, you said you did parenting who a parents and plan agreement. Mm. What is what is that? <laughs> so it's basically like um a contract for like how you gonna like parent your child or children. So our parents and plan agreement is 10 pages long. That's a little excessive, but I mean. <laughs> you were being thorough. You I, was were being thorough. thorough. I was like, I just want to. That's all. Yeah. You know, 
So, um, yeah, that's what we did. And we pretty much had like a consent agreement. So like, you know, we didn't have to go through any like, you know, long drawn out hearing or anything like that. I drafted the agreement. He reviewed it. We made some revisions, went to our status conference, told the magistrate, hey, we already got our agreement. We don't need to go to no mediation. We don't need to go to none of that other stuff. Because they make you pay money for like co-parenting classes mediation i was like who got the time to be doing all of this it's like nah we're gonna figure this out today so mm-hmm. looked at him and said sir did you read it do you agree with it he was like yep i'm good sign off on it and we was good to go and ever since we had that agreement in place we've been doing pretty good like you know like no co-parenting situation is perfect right but it has definitely like gotten a lot better a whole lot better than when we first started Amen. I like it. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. Oh, you like know. It. Look, my look. If uh, oh, I like it. I like it. You had been a lawyer like 15 years ago, 16 years ago. <laughs> I should say, like, because it was definitely, uh, yeah, had no had no clue about that. Would have definitely made that suggestion had I known about about that. So thank you for that information. So to so all the listeners, please jot, jot that part down. Um, Parenting plan agreement. Right. Exactly. You know. So because mine is mine was definitely. We went to court, rolled those dice, um, had the did the mediation, did the um, did the co-parenting uh, class, uh, which I was nervous about that initially because I was like, oh, my God, do we both have to be in this? Like at the same time, like like, you know, but it was it was separate. You know, she did did hers when she did hers and I did mine when I did mine. But I will say that definitely going to co-parenting class was such an eye opener, mm-hmm. such an eye opener. And probably what it is that you witness, you know, sitting in, in on some, some of those cases and just the pettiness of people. And that was like, I, I, you know, as they say, like, you know, you, you toss your, your problems into the pile and you'll be quick to pull, pull them back. And y'all sitting here fighting over like dirty clothes, like like y'all being petty and sending dirty clothes back back home. Who does that? Like it's like like and it was just like, yo, this is this is crazy. This is complete madness. And I don't belong here. So, um, <laughs> and so you know, so my, my approach after that was like, yo, I don't. I don't want this to drag on for any longer. Um, and my own, like I said, mine was in Montgomery County and, you know, and my, my lawyer specifically said, she was like, Oh, she said, it's a good thing. We're not in PG County because if I had been in PG, total different type, type of situation. And I was just like, Oh, well, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm in Montgomery County. But, you know, um, you know, I mean, we, we, we rolled those dice, you know, and it ended up being uh, what it was. And honestly, it's the thing that's still in, in place to, to this, day um all the way up uh, up into that but yeah who wish i had known about that would have saved me some money yep that would have saved me some money because lord knows that that bill yes. yeah yeah and i can't afford a lawyer i'm sorry I'm about to get out. <laughs> you a lawyer and can't afford a lawyer now that's <laughs> that is something a lawyer can't afford a lawyer you like you know what this this too much so now you guys are in a good place how is the relationship because of where you guys started at when i say a good place if you can give a scale of do you guys do family vacations together now you guys are at that point or are you still like okay we can be in the same room for 45 minutes and we don't want to kill each other where are you at because i know 
for me, that's how I kind of look at. I always think it's cool when like, you know, the exes be like, oh, that's my um, that's my baby mama and that's my wife. And they just over there in the cabana kicking it. You be like, <laughs> what kind of relationship is that is amazing. So he is married, so he's married and he has a son. Uh, but me and his wife are we're cordial, we're cool. Um, we don't hang out all the time, but we have hung out before. Like me and her, we went to like a, a Mother's Day like picnic, all white picnic. I think this was like two years ago. So um, me and my daughter, her brother, which is her son and her, we all went and had a good time. You know, um, I still go to my daughter's, yeah, her dad's mom's house. Like if, for example, if they're like busy and he's like, hey, can you just drop her off to my mom's house? I'll go drop her off, kick it with his family, you know, hang out, you know, talk to him. But it's not like an everyday type of thing. It's just no, like, no, 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 no. I totally get that. Yeah, but, but I mean, that is amazing. Yeah, and he'll come here. Like, so he'll come here. So right now we actually stay with my my grandmother because I'm staying up at home. And like, he'll come drop my daughter off. Get with my grandma. Hey, grandma, how you doing? Like, how you been? You know, kind of like when I see you, I speak. But I'm not going to like go out of my way. to like, um, you right. know, right. anything like that. But yeah, very right. Like, you know, and sometimes he'll bring his son and my grandma's giving him candy and they just, you know, right. he, he comes and asks my grandma now. He's like, Malia, that's my daughter's name. He's like, Malia, is your grandma home? Because he knows my grandma giving <laughs> candy. But um, yeah, you know, like and even in the beginning. So in the beginning when me and him were kind of like rocky, uh-huh. and his, it was his girlfriend at the time and his wife. We was cool. Like we never really had any issues, you know. Um, she would come pick her up from me, a uh, pick her up from me. Like if he had to work or something like that. I was never one of those moms that's like, oh no, I don't want your girlfriend picking up my daughter. Like you got to come pick her up. I'm like, listen, whoever come, why do y'all need to come? Because I need a break. So I'm come on, say that. You know what? Say that part again because I. I, I do not have any kids, but as someone, I, of course, dated people with children. And then as I've seen my friends, I always think that is the most insane part. My whole thing is, is that it's two o'clock. Um, you are officially one minute late from picking up this big head brat. I need a break. Mm-hmm. Like, come get it now. Mm-hmm. I love it, but I need, I want to miss it. It? I need to miss. Really? I it? really need to miss. It? I need to miss it. Really? It? Yes, it. Oh, We're at the it point. <laughs> we at the it point. No. We are it. Yeah, that's yeah. You definitely need a break. <laughs> but, but I just, I really want to commend you just for that of understanding. Like, you know, I'm a human being, and yes, I'm a mom, but I'm a mom who also understands I need a break, and I need a break, and if you know, you're not, I guess that was the part that you really did learn about yourself, that you understood, like, I was probably a little controlling and then letting that part go to mm-hmm. say, like, hey, me trying to control the situation is messing up my break time. Exactly. So I just, you know, even certain things that, like, even some of my friends, they're like, shit, I don't know. Like, how do you so get okay with things? Like, to some people, it can be seen as, like, does she even care? But it's like, I know my daughter is safe. Like, she has a great stepmom, like a great stepmom. Like, I don't take anything from her. She's great. Like, she loves my daughter, you know, like, I mean, one time we did have like a little heated conversation, but now that I look back on it, it was coming from a place of love. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I can, I can appreciate that because it's like, 
I know she really loves my daughter. Like she treats her like she's her own. And, um, you know, cause she would do my daughter's hair and some of my other friends who have kids, they was like, you let her do your daughter hair? I'm like, girl, wait, do you know how to do hair? I know how to do hair, yeah. Well, I don't. Do you know how much of a blessed miracle that if my co-parent says, thank you. That's I remember I, I used to scream and cry when I used to have to get my hair washed. Like I was one of them crazy kids cause I thought I was drowning. Bro, <laughs> like it was a whole fight. Yes. And you mean to tell me somebody, see people blocking their own blessings. Blocking their own blessings. And my blocking daughter, their own blessings. You know, she she don't like getting her hair done. And when she would come, like when they would drop her over her hair, I'd be done. I'm like, look at God. It's <laughs> Sunday night. I just got in um, 30 minutes ago from brunch and hanging out all day. I did not want to come in here and have to do her hair and get her ready for school in the morning on Monday. Because I'm going to be slightly tipsy. So, Monday. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But yeah, stuff like that. And they were like, you let her do your daughter hair? I'm like, she do good hair. Like, what's wrong with that? I actually appreciated the fact that, I mean, because sometimes, you know, I'm busy, you know, I have my cases and I'm, you know, sometimes not the perfect parent, you know, I may mm-hmm. send her over there and forget to brush her hair. I mean, <laughs> the fact that she looked at it like, listen, I know your mom a good woman, but hey, so it's a rough week. Let me go ahead and help her out a little bit. I appreciate that. I don't get in my feelings about that. Like, thank you. I'm glad you ain't have her walking around looking crazy, though. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then um, it was one time she came to me and she was like, you know, Malia came to me and we were at the pumpkin patch. It was about two years ago. And she asked me if she could call me mom. And I, she was like, I told her that that's not appropriate because you're her mom. I said, you know, mm. I said, honestly, it doesn't bother me. Like, and I, she looked at me like, I was like, no, it really doesn't. Like, if my daughter cares about you that much that she wants to call you mom, that's letting me know that you are treating her so good. And that makes me feel amazing. So when mm-hmm. I want to go out on a vacation and I know that she with you and him, I can feel at peace and at ease knowing that my daughter's in safe care. She's with people that love her and she's going to be fine. That stuff is, to me, I know everybody has their own preference and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I mean... Cause some people are like, oh hell no, you ain't calling another woman mom. But me, I'm like, girl, you got two moms. Hey, two birthday parties, two Christmas presents. Baby, I'm that's all I'm saying. I was like, honey, do you know what your cash gonna look like when you older? Baby, that is a blessing miracle. Like your cash is gonna look sick when you get older. Think about that. You ask mommy, you ask me for money for your field trip. I ain't got it. Go ask your other mommy. Yay. Right, right. Or you could go ahead and double dip and get money from all three parties. Like, baby, as long as you don't get caught. That's that's all for you, sis. All for you. Amen. I'm not putting that out there. I don't want the kids to do that. But I'm just saying, think about think overall about your future children. Like mm-hmm. think think about it. Uh, <sighs> that is that is hilarious. I am so good right now. I am so good. Oh no, I am. I just want to say that that that, that is refreshing. Hearing hearing that story is is absolutely refreshing. Um, and again, kudos, kudos to you. Kudos to you and much success even because um, stories like that are the ones that you need to hear more of. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, one of the things is obviously, you know, we on a on a previous episode, we talked about the factor of normalizing, you know, men's mental health, you know, and the importance of of, you know, fathers definitely going get that whatever, you know, whatever trauma or issues or things that you still might be holding on to, you know, um, and, and clearly the the importance of being able to simply let go. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And as they say, let go and let God. So, um, you know, so again, yeah, kudos to, to you on, on that. What would be, um, because we we are definitely nearing nearing the, the the end here, but um, what would be your what would be be, be your be, best sound advice to like blanket advice to anybody and everyone? Oh, that is hard to answer. Um, <laughs> anybody and everyone. Anybody and everyone. I would say. You know, be realistic with your expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, learn to forgive. Um, I kind of have bullets. <laughs> uh, keep your expectations realistic. Learn to forgive. Learn how to engage in healthy conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. That's important. Learn how to communicate effectively. Keep the focus on the child or the children. Like that has to be the focus. And be flexible. I think that's, we didn't really talk about that, be, but be flexible. Don't hold people to a certain thing. Well, you said on Tuesday at 6 p.m. you was going, I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot. That part does happen. Flexibility is, is so important. I think, especially from a co-parenting perspective, because stuff changes. Mm-hmm. You know? Of changes and you may not know like you know for for me like my son my son was in band so there were times where we could all go and then there were times where it was it was always me because I'm like you know I'm I'm just proud dad like okay cool he in band he playing the sax and you know I know he's been working on these tunes here and I want to hear it so I'm always there you know but um but yeah having that 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 flexibility and and being able to just you know if you can't get both then obviously one and just making sure that you know if it's just the one then when we come back it's like okay well, look I took all these videos I took all these pictures here he is you know blah blah blah. Cool. There, 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 there we are. Can't be mad at, at that. So yeah. So flexibility. Is there anything? I think that's I think that's it. Okay. That's it, yeah. Okay. And it's hard for you to do any of those things and you need to get yourself a coach. Because some people just you know they can't get past the hurt. So they like they just need someone to kind of hold their hand. And that's what one of the things I love about like helping people when it comes like family law and family, you know, issues and co-parenting is that um you have to have a heart for it because it can get draining. Mm-hmm. You have a heart for it. You have to be passionate about it. You have to have patience to understand that these are very hard times that people are going through. And they want someone that they feel like who um, can be patient with them. And they really, honestly, I kind of compare them to like my children. And I don't know like if I should be doing that or not, but I kind of compare them to my children. I'm like, you know, they, they just want someone to hold their hand. I mean, they often say, well, I've never done this before. I never had to like, file for custody before i've never had to co-parent before like right. i just need someone to like help me and they need you to be they need you to be patient with them and like be non-judgmental and you know sometimes like clients will call me and in my mind i'm thinking okay well these are the questions i need to ask them i may not even get to those questions it may take two sessions because the first session they just want to talk they just want right. to talk they haven't had anyone that want, that listens to them Mm-hmm. And they just want to talk and they just want to get it out. And they want to tell you how it all started back in 1995. And I'm like, <laughs> all day long, but go ahead. Go ahead. 
you know, and I just let them know, but if we don't get to your questions this session, we may have to do another session. And they ain't fine with that. They just want somebody they can talk to. So right. I tell my family all the time, I need to go back to school and get a counseling degree too. Cause I feel like I kind of do like all of it. Yeah, all of it, right, right. Yeah. You definitely dabble in it, like no, strongly dabbling. Absolutely. And we when we had um, you know, one of our discussions and we we started off with people who were coming uh from out of the audience and we said, Okay, tell us your why without pointing a finger. You know, because a lot of times it's like it's easy to and I know and I know because I've definitely have done it, but it's a lot. It's easy to sit here and shift and put like the attention. Well, you know, because, you know, that time when she did blah, 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 and not really, you know, really taking the time to understand and really look at like, OK, well, here's the why. But then also to, to earlier when we were having this conversation, you know, as far as taking ownership of the part in the role that you played in how it is that we got here. Mm-hmm. You know? And so that that piece is definitely uh, extremely important. And, um, you know, but again, sounds like you are doing an amazing job uh, with that. And so, again, kudos to you on that. So as far as your practice, where can folks find you? Um, so they can find me on Instagram, which is my name, Nishia Connie on Instagram. Um, I don't, that's the only like social media that I'm kind of using right now. Okay. Okay. So no website yet? No, no. no I'm still working on it. Still okay. working on it. Okay. All right. Flow and steady wins the race, girl. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, definitely, um, you know, again, thank you for coming on to the show. Greatly appreciate having you. Thank you for listening to our show. Make sure you visit our website at fathershould.org. Follow us at Fathershould Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Fathershould underscore PC on Twitter. 